0: Hello and welcome to the political party and a political party first. My first ever comedian guest and what a corker it is, Al Murray, also known by his alias, Al Murray the pub landlord. He is a phenomenal guest, as you would imagine. Those of you that have seen him live or seen any of his stuff know that he's a very funny man and really minds great comedy. A lot of it out of Britishness and Englishness, and that's something we talk about, his new TV show which explores those themes. Uh, but also, of course, highly relevant uh, um, in Brexit Britain and what phenomenal foresight he had to create that character. Um, Twenty or thirty years ago, that now is very much uh, at the forefront, really, of uh, of the sorts of politics that we're all living with. We talk about that. His historical knowledge is exceptional. His political insight is great. I always get the sense when I talk to Al, there's a million things that he could say on any of the subjects, and I think that really comes across. Um, and despite that, he wears it very lightly. He's he kind of well, you'll see when we talk about. it, But he sort of I think I get the sense that he doubts. His own, not his own political views, but well, I don't want to ruin the phrase that he used, but it's a really good phrase about his own politics and where he stands and why. We get into all sorts of debates about free speech, uh, about the empire, about history, about so many things that are relevant today. Even if he wasn't a comedian, he would have risen to the top of something and it would have been history or politics and he would have been on this podcast anyway. But it is a treat to see him away from the landlord and to really pick his brain. He's a great intellectual and a really funny bloke. So do enjoy this treat. In a political party first, I'm joined by a comedian on the show. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean... I, it, I'll put the question to you, Al. Do you count as a political comedian, do you think? Um, oh, that's a very good
1: question. Um, I don't think so. I don't think... it. it, it, uh, it uh, it's part of the stuff I do. I, I mean, I, uh, I... The thing is, is I'm always torn between the idea that I'm just... It's just an entertainment. I'm an entertainment, It's a piece of entertainment. And also that... A lot, for a very long time there has been a like a satirical bent to it which doesn't necessarily mean a political one yeah to the pub landlord so i'm a, a, and I, and in the last few years i've got drawn more and more into it being actually about politics because i think we've we've kind of reached a point where politics is really important
0: again um uh in a way that it maybe wasn't a while ago i just think that, i think you are a political comedian and i think the landlord is i think oh. if Quite apart from it being a great observation of a particular type of person and a really good character that is funny in any time anyway, just because it's a piss take of that sort of guy and the jokes are really good. bless you, man. (laughs) But what a a phenomenal situation to find yourself in where that sort of person is basically the voice of the nation. Well, that's
1: the weirdest thing, is is when I first started doing him, I used to have this stuff about the EU that was basically... (laughs) Uh, like really hallucinatory and uh, because it was a fringe act, because yeah. it was like a nutty fringe activity. You, know, you could safely laugh at those people yeah. and it would, it would, it w- it was fine. And there was, and there was lots of mileage in it and all that sort of thing. And now, and it has moved directly into the, into the mainstream. And it's very, very strange. And also, I mean, the other thing is is 10 years ago when I, I did a, I did, uh, did my ITV chat show, I realized I was going to have to change the act, have to have to have him acknowledge that he was famous Right, that he had a mass audience now, yes. um, and that lots of people knew who he was. So, it was going to have to change the like the orientation of the actor. It couldn't it couldn't be him going? You won't believe what happened in the pub Tuesday, because yeah. because that that had changed. Yes. So I thought, well, the thing to do is is have him basically do this whole thing of Don't worry, I'm here. The common sense has arrived. I'm here to I'm here to fix it all where it's all gone wrong because we've been let down by our leaders, and. And that's what is now the simple. That's the lingua franca of all politics. That's the, the dominant political it's narrative. Ab- uh, yeah, and 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 to the point where you have people who are blatantly establishment figures claiming they're anti-establishment, and that that's you know we it's kind of it's it's well it's
0: funny, isn't it? That's the main thing. It's brilliant, but what you've got is a device to simultaneously rip the hell out of politicians and things because that's what a pub landlord does. But also, you're in such a powerful position to be able to mock the Public, well, yeah,
1: maybe because I mean, because I always think, I I mean, I I always think that um, if you're going to do satire, it it can't just be about the politicians, it's got to be about the people who vote for them. Yeah, you know, we only get we've got the politicians that it's that old it's that old adage, you get the get the politicians you deserve, and I think we we right now, I think we have the politicians we deserve, and and so there's you know, without getting into these sort of punch up, punch down dilemmas that people try and insist and enforce on comics. You've got to look at well, why are these people popular? And it's to do with it's to do with the people that vote for them, or the people that let them get away with it, or the people who aren't engaged enough to let this happen, or the people that are misreading the entire thing and think World War Two is still going on. <laughs> you, 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 you know what I mean? Which is my real bugbear at the moment is that is you know that 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 you have a whole bunch of people who's refighting World War Two, yeah, and that you know the country will be fine because millions of people in this country imagine they can remember the Second World War <laughs> and have the stuff that it takes to get through the Blitz because they've seen the Battle of Britain once.
0: <laughs> Do you, In terms of your audience, with, particularly with um, the Brexit stuff, your demographic gets, doesn't it, I would say, a mixture of people who would probably agree with the landlord who yeah. can laugh at themselves. Yeah. And people who really disagree with the landlord and enjoy laughing at that sort of person, and yeah. people who just enjoy comedy yeah, yeah. regardless. Well, the country is the country is half and half
1: <laughs> <laughs> on, on the things he, he thinks. But so you know, yeah. <laughs> but not every comedian
0: has a, a, a demographic that represents public opinion. So in, in well, sense. maybe maybe not. I mean, you, the thing is,
1: is, you never really know. You never really know why anyone's there or why they why they've come, and um, and you never really know what anyone's laughing at ever. There's no way of know. It's only really when they get up and walk out in a huff. That you know um, what they don't like about you, you can never really know what they like about you. I mean, I think uh, an awful lot of it is so I've got a shit-eating grin and, I'm, <laughs> and I look like a cheeky fourteen-year-old yeah, in school yeah, yeah. uniform, and that gets yeah. me that gets me a long way down the track. But yeah, I mean, it is it's a tricky one because because I I have for a long time I've had people go, oh, you know, your audience don't get it. Well, I wh- hate that. Why are they laughing? What if they, what? Yeah. Because because the I have I have thought about what I'm saying. And I have like structured it so that it is so it is obvious what's going on. Yes. So what are they laughing at? And it might be, it, it, but you never know. You never know why anyone's laughing.
0: But have you detected any change around Brexit, like during, the, say, from the start of the referendum? Well,
1: yeah, and um, uh, it, it, it's been in phases basically. So there was the there was the there was that routine I did at the end of the last. The last, the first half of the last show, I did a really big immigration routine, an amazing routine, which, which I kind of, it's actually, I kind of think overpad. There's no point coming back on the second half of that because <laughs> it was like, you know, the history of immigration, from, and it would start with me saying, you know, obviously, the obvious reason to vote Brexit, and I'd, I'd I'd done two things to set it up. So I'd done one, which was, um you know, we had it was a complex question that people had to weigh up the. you know, the benefits of pooled sovereignty and, you know, blah, 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 versus the opportunity to tell the French to fuck off. (laughs) And then another long one of those to go, versus the opportunity to tell Angela Merkel to do one, right? And the the punchline was, so it was only ever going to go one way. Which I thought, you know, which kind of, come on, we're we're now messing about with this subject. It's what I wanted to do with it there. Because the thing is, is a lot of the argument is so sort of... um, uh, uh, sour and brittle, that what you kind of want to do is go, let's be knockabout with this just for five minutes. Please, yes. give us give us all a break. But then I would do a thing where I do, of, the obvious reason for voting Brexit was the 75 million Turks on their way here, right now, every single last one of them. <laughs> turned the gas off. That's right, I've turned the gas off. They switched off the TV at the wall as well. <laughs> so they're obviously they're obviously here for the long term. You know, Istanbul, formerly Constantinople, before that Byzantium Cradle of civilization in the eastern mediterranean is now empty there's no one there because they're all on the way over here and then it, and i'd start on that and you'd hear someone go god help <laughs> and you would think oh no and you'd think well either he either he either he knows what's coming or he's or he's like or oh, he's one of those people that um has you know who has got the wrong end of the stick and that's fine because because everyone's entitled to make up their own mind about what's in front of them right or he's or or, or he's just heard the word turks yeah you know? <laughs> uh, just a small thing is it always a he it's always a he <laughs> it's always a he but the but the one the one definite walkout we had on the and of course that routine then goes coming over here taking the jobs off our romanians you know yes. there's 7 million romanians here <laughs> I don't have to prove that figure right. You have to prove me wrong. Um, <laughs> blah, 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 right? Um, the one walkout we definitely had was a woman in Grimsby. I didn't come here to be called a racist who walked out and, and asked for her money back. And, of course, I said no. thing is, is, is at no point, that, you know, that's her extrapolation from my stuff. Right but you know whatever, I mean it's um and also we had covered sovereignty and trade deals before we got to that point, thank you very much, <laughs> because it is it is written like that quite deliberately, but I don't know um it's always a blow, it's always a blow go on, and the, so what's changed is that has now got that that routine that doesn't happen anymore that mm. that 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 response, which I was getting sort of in the three four months after the referendum result, right. That has mutated into sort of a dark laugh of yeah we know we know that was horse we know that was horse shit. Yeah, yeah. and I think even from the people who um, who because the thing is you can laugh at the pub landlord and I think and be pro- brexit I think it's fine
0: absolutely because
1: because after all if you are concerned about sovereignty rather than the 75 million Turks <laughs> it- you, you you know you you, you you know that you know that. I mean, obviously, what you've got to do for yourself is reconcile the fact that's who you were in bed with when you made your decision. But but whatever, you know, everyone makes everyone makes these compromised choices in politics. That's yes. the point. Um, and anyway, and so what's changed is that it, it is that that has gone away. And then I've got this other thing that um that I'm probably going to carry on doing now for ten years, which is when I say, <laughs> what obviously happened is you and I were led up the garden path by various people for various reasons, and then now having split us clean down the middle. Half and half, it turns out they haven't got the faintest idea what to do next. Which I think, whatever side of the divide you're on, yeah, you can't really disagree with that. Unless you're an ERG guy who's absolutely convinced themselves that they have a brilliant plan, but they just can't tell anyone what it is, right? Because their plan go- is another school. But <laughs> In an odd way, that is the emotional
0: spirit of Brexit, isn't it? Yeah. The, the elites have let us down. Yeah. So why should we trust them now? Yeah, but but if you've got... I mean, and here we go. This is the thing where we have to pull a
1: face to say this. But if Jacob Rees-Mogg is telling you that the elites have let you down, yes. then, <laughs> or the or the guy who was Brexit secretary yeah. until five minutes ago, yeah. or the foreign secretary is telling you that, then what? Yeah. And and this is the this is the sort of glorious sleight of hand. But also, the the, the other side of it is it, it plays into this idea of deep state and this idea of a conspiracist state and this idea that that you know that there's a faceless. Um, con- conglomeration of people who are pulling the strings in the world who are stopping this all from happening which which plays right back into 90s American um, world government globalism uh, f- f- you know global government yep. bollocks and right into and if you want then we can go back to the protocols of the Elder Design if that's really what we want to do because, because, because conspiracy thinking operates on that on that
0: wavelength,
1: you know? and Whether whether you're tuned to the bit with Jews in or whether you're tuned to the bit without, that's the wavelength you're, you're starting to find yourself on, I think.
0: But that's been rich pickings for you, hasn't it? Because yeah. did that brilliant song in your Edinburgh show. I mean, I often think that we're on the same wavelength with this in that the 2014 Scottish independence referendum was the start of a lot of the madness in terms of... Yeah, yeah social media a lot of the phrases that are just used now like msm and mainstream yeah, media yeah. red tory yeah the, this sort of indie ref the, the kind of slang language around online politics Really, the, the Scottish independence offer was the first time that happened. Yeah, the first time you had bloggers being really influential. So, yeah. wings over Scotland predates the Canary and yeah. Sportbox and things like that. By miles, yeah. Alternative media and kind of being legitimised by the mainstream as well. Like they weren't dissociating. Themselves. Well, they were happy
1: to they were happy to sort of um, um, have them as outriders or occasionally actually ride them um yeah. it, it, not not in that sense but you, you know like to to make use of them and yeah because you had secret oil fields you had MI5 uh, MI5 are definitely involved in falsifying the Indy referendum you know you had all that
0: the tunnels but, wasn't it the votes were there was a secret yeah, tunnel yeah. from glasgow to london yeah, in which yeah
1: i mean what fucking hell
0: <laughs> but i remember no, you on, did... no wonder no there's no money for
1: the railways <laughs> they're digging a secret fucking tunnel i mean it, and this is the and this is the problem though is so much of this is is there's no way anyone can be across all this and shooting it all down and fact checking it and, you know, belling cat doing a belling cat on yep. all of it. It's impossible. So so what are you gonna do?
0: You can make jokes about it and that's well, yeah, did. yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> then, then, then in
1: two thousand fifteen, yeah. that election, um I had you know, uh, and and you excellent service for me as my political advisor in that election campaign we i i, I noticed it in in spades the yeah. conspiracism and the sort of um although although interestingly those kippers and associated people they they were, they were engaged in... They were red in tooth and claw in the way they were. had a conspiracy theory or several conspiracy theories about why I was running for parliament yes. in South Thanet. But none of it had any... There was no Mossad. There was no Jews in any of it. It was just... It was just, you know, it was global government. It was the EU. The BBC. USSR, the BBC. The Labour Party. The Labour... Well, I mean, the Labour Party and the Tories and um, that I'm a... Um, you know, David Cameron's first cousin. <laughs>
0: there are all sorts of
1: conspiracies, <laughs> and, and the thing is, is it was all funny, but it was also it was clearly the sign of a, a you know of what of what what temperature the water's at now. Yeah. If you get outside, you know, once you're outside, because people talk about the Westminster bubble and they hate the Westminster bubble. and The Westminster bubble decays argument and causes all these problems. Well, what about the what about the you know the the, the internet bubble, yes. which, which is. Which is causing all sorts of other distortions and, and, re- and making life really unpleasant for an awful lot of people.
0: Well, that's what's pro- the, the problem I have with. I, I'm, I'm sympathetic to the Corbyn view that he doesn't get a fair meeting, a fair yeah. hearing off the media because that is demonstrably... I mean, you can prove that. Yeah, yeah. You can measure it, and most of the media, most of the print media in this country is right-wing. So yeah. just very simply... And most Labour leaders have never had a fair hearing off the media. And you yeah. could argue, actually, most prime ministers have never had. So, actually, it's, it's part of a wider problem with the way that we treat our politicians. Yeah. And, yes, it's probably worse for those on the left, Yeah. Um, with some exceptions. However, that doesn't mean that just setting up new partisan uh empires online that are equally as loose with the facts if not worse yeah. is desirable or the answer to it well yeah especially
1: i mean uh, you know because because <sighs> I mean, I remember when the main sport on Twitter was watching the Leveson Inquiry and everyone going, oh, God, can you believe he just said that? Oh, <laughs> dear, this is awful. Look at oh. that bloke in the background. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's picking his nose. Exactly. Oh, look, they're making eyes at each other.
0: That's right,
1: Oh Gosh, she can't get another Hugh Grant. And that was, that, was basically, that was basically what Twitter used to be like, rather than, you know, fuck you, you I Nazi pig. Uh, uh, sorry, I've just said that I had cereal for breakfast. But the thing is, is if you've had Leveson... Where the, where the thing is that the papers have got to behave responsibly, yeah. and if you're positing Leveson 2 at a party conference, you cannot have a th- anything to do with your with all of these t- with your squat boxes and your canaries. You've got to you've got to have nothing to do with it. Yeah. If the, if what you're saying is print media is corrupt for this that and the other reason, and and the prime reason being fast and loose the facts and bias, because we want. No more fake news we yeah. want rip you you've got to have, and but obviously it's just too seductive if you've got if you've got a website where it's all about how brilliant you are well you, you know it's like i mean it's like basically me running my own fan site and then citing it That's, well, that is, <laughs> isn't it it be it'd be like it be it'd be like me using my fan site for reviews for my shows actually it's not a bad idea oh, I don't you don't get,
0: friend, <laughs> I'd get a fair hearing in the media. <laughs> <laughs> what what strikes me about it all is you get those people that are partisan that set these things up, who know what they're doing. Yeah. What distresses me or what concerns me is that then there are people who take that as fact, even oh. though the people who are peddling it know it's not true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what's really worrying, is when people yeah. don't go, well, I can take this with a pinch And that's true of people who read the Daily Mail or the yeah, Guardian. It's yeah, yeah. not a left or right point. Yeah, yeah. It's not a new media or an old media point. There are people who put this stuff out there knowing that yeah. it's rubbish. But I'm, I'm just...
1: It, It it just amazes me there aren't more people in the world who go, ah, come off it about pretty much everything. But you are one of those people. Well, well, but also you have people who pride themselves on saying that and then believe what Craig Murray says. (laughs) In fact, they believe what Craig Murray says in order to be able to say, come off it, because it's the government man, right? And and I mean, you know, he's been today. He's been absolutely. He's been epic with those photos of that um, of the the Russian colonel. You know, that has been. So identified.
0: We should say by the time you are listening to this, this may be right. a, this may be a couple of weeks after. Right. But we're talking about the the scripal poisoning. Yes, the scripal
1: poisoning, the, and the this two colonel, two who's, yes, the, the GRU colonel, or whatever, or this Spetsnats colonel has been been identified. The two Russian archaeologists That's... and. His, <laughs> <laughs> It's 123 <laughs> meters tall. Historians Yeah, anyway. that's right. Anyway, but but so he's apparently been looking at the photos and and you know, one of them's from a long time ago, one of them from now, they look nothing like each other.
0: Well, have <laughs> I got news for you, pal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't look I'm, anything like a photo of myself from 2014. I'm not the baby face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not slim anymore. Yeah. Well, well, no. That's a separate not, conversation. It's a separate I'm conversation. going to lose the weight. <laughs> I've, been, <laughs> I've been busy since didn't season. started. <laughs> But you didn't just I mean as you say you stood against you Kip. Yeah. Got 318 votes which yeah. in itself really is a, a
1: massive achievement. Well if you want. I mean I I'm glad that more people I'm glad that more people didn't vote for me. I'm glad that they took their vote seriously. Although there is something there is something really beautiful about people actually casting a vote for you even though even when they know plainly and blatantly it's a joke. Yeah. I mean that which of course which obviously it was and which th- there was the funny thing about how you know you're going to confuse Farage's supporters into voting for you and you think <laughs> wow and and, you, and kippers would say that yeah, you was all... that same about their own <laughs> well, well, what... <laughs> exactly They can't tell the difference between me and you know and their leader <laughs> but it was a lot of fun that was the thing and and i thought i mean i came away feeling sort of a bit i don't know i came away from it thinking gosh shit being a politician right because you mm. don't have, no one has to do it I mean, and, and I know since the MPs' corruption expenses thing, there was a lot of, oh, they're just learning their own pockets, cause of the, mainly because of that duck house, right? And some people were obviously completely bent and others weren't. Yes. You know, some only ever took the bus, right? Because <laughs> they live up the road, but let's not get into that, right? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, um, uh, uh, and the thing is, is I came away from it thinking, <laughs> no one really wants... If, you, if you're being a politician, you, you just endure a life of shit... Yes. You endure a life of people thinking you're lying the entire time. You endure a life of people thinking you're letting them down mainly because you know no constituency MP can possibly help with everything, right? Yeah. You and you endure and then in the end of it, you get you, you're sacked in a popularity contest, right? Publicly, it's, publicly, and it strikes me that you've got to really want to do that. Yes. Um. Because uh, the pay, because of course. The pay ain't great. No, it's compared to compared to other high-powered executive positions, of course, because we have to contextualise mm. the pay. But 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 the, the, I, it just—I just came away thinking, Why would anyone want to do this? Why? And and then you have got a Toa party line, and you and you get shot down if you disagree with your own party machine. And in fact. You know, all that, and it just looks like the worst fucking job in the world.
0: <laughs> I remember because I was your technically, I was your campaign manager, or whatever yeah. the phrase is. We made a we made a sort of spoof documentary for you, yeah. and yeah. I've obviously worked proof with politi-
1: of BBC uh,
0: conspiracy. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We, uh, I've worked with politicians on election campaigns, but even with you doing it in character, yeah. It is massively exposed. I remember we would just walk down into Broadstairs or different parts of that constituency, and you would just have to stand on a crate. And even though you're Al Murray doing it as a joke, dressed as a pub landlord, trying to gather a crowd up, it is slightly nerve wracking. It, no,
1: it is different to doing a gig. Well, it is different to do... I mean, and this, yeah, again, this is the thing: is um, you know, when you go on stage in a comedy situation, there's you know, there's a whole load of agreements in place. There are there's rules. A, there are rules. It's a it's it's a ritualized experience. Yeah. It's. Uh, Everyone knows what's supposed to happen. That's why if you're not funny, it's disappointing, right? Because <laughs> everyone... I mean, well, except in your case, Matthew. You rotter. I knew that was good. <laughs> I saw the glint in the eye. Oh, no, well, you
0: gave me... You, you gave me, shot a goal you there. You raised
1: the eyebrow to give me permission. And, um, uh, uh, <laughs> the way you always do dear. And, and the thing is, the thing is, is, uh, uh, you know, when you get on a crate in the middle of Broadstairs or in the middle of Ramsgate um, uh, uh, and... And and try and hold that, that. That's not in the. That's not in the comedy rules. You're not doing what's normally what's normally done. So it did feel it did feel very exposed, and it did feel it did feel quite weird. And we did have people coming up and going, "You shouldn't be doing this. This is too fucking serious." And you'd be like. Oh. And I'd I'd think oh I've got a clever answer to that you know which is you know well it's precisely because it's so serious that we ought to be able to laugh at it <laughs> and, and, you know and you yeah, no, the like, pint hits you in the face exactly, then you sound like a prick <laughs> right. and uh, and I don't know I mean I um it was it was very it was very different to very completely different to what what I normally do and and I don't know that I'd have, I'd never do it again because otherwise then you're Lord such then you're then you you're, yeah. you're, you're
0: stuck in it you have got to do it every time and all that sort of stuff. I remember, a, a, I'm not sure it was ever shown on the documentary, but what was strange about it was even though you're running in character, you are meeting people who could genuinely vote for you. You're meeting yeah. everyone else in that scenario is real. The electorate is real. All yeah. the small businesses are real. The hospital is real. All that stuff yeah. is real. Yeah. I remember us meeting with people and there were some estate agents. I don't know if you remember this. And, and the estate agent guy was like, even the threat of Nigel Farage getting elected here has led to two deals collapsing this week. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. never left me. And we had that poxy campaign office, and it was all done for a joke. But then we're still talking to people who were genuinely going to be affected by whoever won that election.
1: Yeah, well, and it was in Broadstairs in particular where people were were really... There was one business where they were saying, we're really worried about, if he wins here, then
0: we're going to be like, we're going to be UKIP central, and we're going to be be a joke for generations. And not just a joke, but reviled. And what really struck me was, and it's always a lesson in politics, it's easy to go oh, well, the north of England's like this, or even constituencies, you know, it's Labour, yeah. it's always been Labour. There will still be Conservatives in that constituency who don't feel like that. Yeah. And you should never judge an entire area on its leadership or the way it votes. Yeah. And particularly in South Thanet, when you're meeting so many left-wing people who are just horrified that their area was basically being called the most racist part of Britain. Yeah, yeah, in particular, there was that... It was um, awful,
1: and it's such a beautiful place. Yeah, and there was that Labour... In Broadstairs, we met um, on the beach, we met that Labour guy who was an Afghan... Oh man um a refugee you yes. who who who'd, who'd, I think come here in a you know come here in a lorry blah 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 yeah. and, and all that sort of thing and had managed to get asylum and it was now in the late. don't worry parking. listeners
0: we we shot him he, yeah, yeah, he, he got worry. deported yeah don't he's no longer we here, dealt with him, we dealt with him right
1: but and and he was he was and and he was particularly worried yeah. about about how it would then what what how it would might maybe curdle things in the in the area i mean it, it it's um it is because the thing is is it? It was all really real and serious, and we were dicking about. Yeah. But then th- that always makes me think: all the more reason to dick about. Absolutely. You, you know, it's like it's not it's a solemn duty, but um, you,
0: you know what I mean? I think particularly now, I've never felt like that before, but I feel really sort of inflamed by Brexit and what's happened to the Labour Party and things like that. I, and I think that's sort of reflected in my comedy. I wonder if with you. You're getting angrier, and is that coming to? Because I don't think your shows reflect anger at all. No, I think you're very good at channeling what you think, and maybe to some extent hiding what you think because you can funnel it through the landlord. Well,
1: yeah, you can put, you can, you can, yeah, could, could transmit it kind of in any any direction I want with him because because his his logical motor will will, you know, uh, d- deliver a joke one way or the other out of basically anything. I think.
0: And it doesn't. The words coming out of his mouth don't have to be stuff that you agree with. No. In fact, if anything, it's funnier when he says. When you lampoon yeah. what you disagree with, yeah, 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 yeah. But, by but, saying the words. but I'm
1: disagreeing with it more and more. Is the <laughs> thing, it's, you know, from from all directions at the moment. And it's, uh, it's. I mean, it's a. It is a weird time because things have become so polarized. And it's Brexit. That's, it's, it really is. I think Brexit that's done it. Um, uh, although on the left, you know, you've got a whole other thing going on.
0: In terms of your own politics, then, I mean, we were you a kind of radical at university. No, not really. I've I've never really kind of had the confidence to be radical. I think <laughs> um, I think to be really the really intellectual r- confident. I mean, that strikes me as odd because you're confident, you're an outward personal, right?
1: personal and intellectual.
0: I, it, it, but you're a very clever
1: educated. Yeah, but all the more reason to be wary of, uh, to not have the confidence to be radical because because, I mean. You know, there's this there's this ongoing joke, isn't there, that about say Venezuela or, um, you know, it's not real it's not real socialism. Socialism hasn't been tried properly. That's right. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it has a lot, um, an awful lot. Um, so, but that that which says to me, then you can forgive the first people who tried it because it does look like a very it is a very bright idea and and and. It is an extremely attractive idea, and all that sort of thing. So you can you can almost forgive the first people who fucked up horrendously and murdered millions of their own citizens in order to try and achieve it. But by now, you know, like a century a century of trying, you know, maybe maybe it isn't that it, it isn't being done properly. <laughs> maybe it's been done too well. Maybe it's t- exactly or, or whatever. And that's what that's ex- and You can hear me even talking about this. I can't express confidence intellectually about any of these things, which is why I haven't got the confidence to be like a super radical. I just can't do it. Forming hard opinions is how you end up in trouble. So you, I'm a, I think more than anything else, I'm sort of, you know, that sort of post-war idea of pragmatism post american uh post american civil war idea of pragmatism
0: but are you a, are you a liberal or are you a centrist dad like how would you, if, if, you had to... <laughs> if i'm
1: anything i'm a i'm a small l liberal yeah i mean i i'm you know i i'm I, I worry about freedom of expression and things like that if if i've got the the thing that i mean the thing that i've got most involved in politically was paul chambers was, was, yeah has been freedom of expression and stuff although i don't even think of that as political i don't think of freedom of expression as political i think that as um that's just there should be there there should be freedom of expression and 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 it's there's not
0: party a, political or maybe ideological but it's definitely political, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is,
1: but but it feels like small political as well. I mean, and the thing is, is it's, it's it, I think it's such a fascinating question because people end up in all sorts of um, uh, tie themselves in all sorts of knots about free, freedom of expression because what they inevitably do is they mean freedom of expression for me, not yeah. for you, and they and because in yeah. well well exactly because I think. In this country, we have an we have an interesting relationship with the idea of rights, which is that um, they don't exist. (laughs) uh, 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 No, that they're boutique things and that, you you know, you all have separate rights rather than a universal idea. And 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 obviously rights have to be universal or they're not rights. They're they're portioned off privileges. Yeah. Um, Actually, anyway, so I've so I got very so the freedom of expression because because people say mad things about freedom they say really mad things about freedom of expression and they put themselves in very you know when they for instance the um, the argument with uh, what's his name Professor Bigger in um, Oxford about imperialism where yes. he wanted to do a thing about he wanted to talk about the you know are there any pros or cons? What are the pros and cons of imperialism rather than just it's all cons, right? Mm. Now, I don't have a view on what his view is, right? I, 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 I think he's, he's probably um, on a hiding to nothing, right? Is what, But I, don't, I kind of don't know enough about it, is what I'd, I'd say. And even expressing that kind of doubt might sound controversial in itself. Mm. But if his ideas are so self-evidently wrong, right, and so self-evidently um, shit then what's the harm in him expressing them because they will they will announce themselves as self-evidently wrong and self-evidently shit and that is the end of him that's the end of his argument but shutting him up not letting him express that well what's the point then what what therefore is the point in not letting him say what he wants to say and that's the thing i find really interesting is that is that is that, is that this idea that i you know that the for instance, and and you know, without going full count, Dunkiller, right? Because I was going to ask about Dankiller. Well, well, it, is it Dankiller? Whatever, well, yeah, whatever his name is, whatever his name is. the it's that he, you know, and 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 the thing about that is he tried to he tried to parley it as a as a. I was just joking, but when you actually look at it and you look at the judgment and everything, the judgment didn't think he was joking and 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 saw. And other this is the guy
0: about. who got his dog to do a Nazi salute when he yeah. said "gas the Jews."
1: Yeah, yeah, it, and so on. And he's yeah. now a member of UKIP. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Which, of course, so where do you stand on that then? Well, that's a good question because one of the problems is the prosecution has made him um a martyr and made him famous, and the problem is is the law the law doesn't exist in a vacuum uh, of pure decision making um so <sighs> So where I stand on that is, if he'd not been prosecuted, um, we'd not know about him, and his ideas wouldn't have had a chance to get their trousers on and yeah. run around the world. So you know you have to wonder about the. You look at the judgment, and you can you can see why they did though, and you could and, and you read the judgment, agree with the judgment, but but how smart was it to give him that platform, that opportunity?
0: But should he have been prosecuted? Do you think?
1: Well. <laughs> Having yeah, having read the judgment, yeah, they were right to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but but having seen the outcome, were they right to? I don't know. Do, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. because because he he made he made politics out of it. Because after all, everything ends up everything
0: ends up politicized. But this is the thing with freedom of speech, isn't it? With the big debate, should it have limits? Well, there we are. Um, yeah, I, um, know, I used to think it shouldn't, and the more I think about it, I think it should. Yeah, but who's setting
1: them? Is the well, you know, And this is what it comes down to, because when you see Corby this week get up and say, I want to fix them, you know, we need to do something about the media. Oh, have you had a rough summer in the papers?
0: <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com dot com and use promo code Listen to get fifty dollars off your purchase of five hundred dollars or more. That's code Listen at BlueNile.com dot com for fifty dollars off. BlueNile.com, dot com code Listen. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you actually <laughs> off the off the imperialism point is is the way that I know obviously this isn't the mainstream. We hope. Yeah of the Labour Party now but um, I remember seeing Ken Loach at the Labour Party conference last year live yeah. on TV. Yeah. sort of say that why shouldn't we be allowed to question whether the holocaust happened or <laughs> or, or or the nature of it. Would, would 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 you stand by that as a question in the same way that you would defend the academic Well the inter- about well it, it, the empire. It, yeah, of course
1: it, if he really wants to ask that question, of course he can. But yeah. why is he asking it? What's it for? Yeah. Right? And the only people that tend to raise that question um tend to be um people who uh first of all really wish it had happened anyway i mean you know holocaust denial o- occupies this peculiar um philosophical space doesn't it whereas all the people who deny it obviously really wish it had happened yeah. but, but, so, yeah, so, so true. you know what i mean yeah, yeah. You, you see people who really really you know fascist racists who really really hate jews deny it happened but clearly would have quite happily yeah you you, you 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 know what I mean so you are and that I'm not saying that about Ken Loach but I'm saying that, 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 that absolutely not saying that about him but that's the but that's the that's the sort of place you end up isn't it and I think I think you, you know in Germany you're not allowed to deny the holocaust. Yeah. Um, it, it's illegal isn't it? Uh, and and I can you can understand why. Of course. Um uh, but I just think why do you need why do we need to ask that question? What are you asking that question for? Would it would be the immediate yeah why that and not something else? Why not, why that and not something else? And you know which is also which is also a big part of the row that's happened this summer. Why not compare Israel to the British government in Mau Mau yeah, in yeah. Kenya, the way we dealt with Mau Mau. Why not? Because I think that's actually probably a, a, a better model, a better example. Why not compare it to Kashmir, Pakistan? Why yeah. not? Why not? And I, 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 I and, and what I'm going to do there's go just ask him just ask him the question <laughs> which is of course the you know the re- the refuge of the fucking scoundrel in all this
0: and there's a, but there's another there's another thread to this and another narrative to it is that it when people question the holocaust yeah. they're not just casting aspersions about the jewish community they're also feeding into a wider narrative now about truth itself oh yeah yeah absolutely is, this thing that we all know happened yeah. and was despicable and yeah. we should all know happened yeah. and we take that as a truth because it is but the <laughs> thing is you're now being told one the one the biggest Lessons from history isn't true, and that then just explodes everything because then you can't trust the but, BBC but, and you but can't this, trust but these. Everything but, they, else. but
1: they don't trust the BBC and they don't yeah. trust everything. And, and these, but these same people who would also had if you put James Denningpole up in front of them with him, you know, doing his climate denial bit, yeah. they'd absolutely tear him to pieces and say there is scientific truth. Yes. So, so, it's and what would in a way that reflects on what we were talking about with rights is that rights aren't boutique. There are, truth is either universal or it isn't. Right, And what you're talking about there is people coming up with boutique truths that serve their political ends and their purposes rather than
0: admitting there is a truth. You mentioned the was well, a bit deep. Yeah, but it's great. <laughs> this is it's interesting. You mentioned uh, the British and you know, uh, sort of um, military history. There, it's something that yeah, you're very yeah. interested in. You studied modern history at Oxford because, of course, yeah. you were part of the globalist elite. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I uh, sent here to the it was really easy to get in back then. If, if you were part <laughs> of the globalist elite, obviously. <laughs> um, you're making a show, or you have made a show that is due to be broadcast. Uh, the first episode is on Monday, the eighth of October, twenty eighteen. For anyone listening in the future. Uh, called Why Does Everyone Hate the English? Well, maybe there won't be a future, because this programme is going to get the genie out of the bottle and cause a global war. (laughs) (laughs) And you talk to... Each episode is with a different person. There's Antoine de Corn from France, Ellis James from Wales, Fred Macaulay from Scotland, Henning Wen from Germany, and the final one is the other person. Maxwell in Ireland. Andrew Maxwell in Ireland. I've done so well there. Um, But the premise of it, I think, is really good and very timely, because it's not Why Does Everyone Hate the British... It is specifically the English, and there is an issue with the English identity, with England's relationship with the other parts of the UK, and particularly France and Germany. Uh, Without blowing the the secrets of the series, what is the root problem of? I mean, I sort of know the answer. Well, in each country, England's relationship (laughs) with the rest of
1: the world. In each country, actually, in each of the five countries we went to, it was different. There was a different. There was a very, very different um, texture to it, Um, and that was that was interesting for a start. Um, in Scotland, there's an awful lot of people who are bothered about the events of 700 years ago and William Wallace, yeah. which I find ridiculous, right? <laughs> I, I don't see... And if anyone gets annoyed about that, they're being ridiculous. It's absurd to be annoyed about what happened between between what is called the English then and what was called the Scottish yeah. then 700 years ago. It's It's... You're being nuts. You know
0: what? Right? The reason why I'm really laughing is... <laughs> During Jeremy Corbyn's conference speech, you mentioned the Peterloo massacre. Yeah, nearly two hundred years ago. Yeah, and I tweeted Peterloo topical, and someone <laughs> replied, "It is actually." And you can sort of, you know, what I sort of get the point that you can make the case, but equally, it absolutely, no, it absolutely it
1: isn't, it absolutely, it is absolutely not. isn't. And this is the this is sort of, this is sort of again one of the problems. And uh, uh, if it really Peterloo, the Peterloo massacre really isn't anyway, but back so, to Scotland so
0: with so the William how Wallace many thing. people are there that really are in that group because it's well no well
1: well I think peop a lot of people use Willie Wallace like in a you know um uh, in a script writing sense as the inciting incident you know the, the <laughs> yeah. thing at the start <laughs> yeah. of the drama that has led to led to everything else when right? an
0: Australian bloke came
1: over and fought the well incident. that too yeah exactly, and the thing is you know his name his name means. Wallace might mean Welsh, which might which means foreigner, because Welsh is one of those um, derogatory English words. It means foreigner, means outsider, people out, outside. The same way Celt does as well. Yes. Celt, Celt Celt is a word that doesn't appear until the until the eighteenth nineteenth century as a concept. The people who were Celts didn't call themselves Celts. It's from a Greek word, Keltoi, meaning. Um, like foreigners, I mean, it's basically a derog- derogatory word for foreigners. Yeah, it's an insult. It's an insult, right? So, so questions of Celtic identity, you know. But, but anyway, <laughs> but but no, in Sc- so in, in Scotland, it, it's William Wallace, and, and 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 the thing is, is that's fine. If you're upset about that, you're you, you're looking for things to be upset about, and then and then we also looked, for instance, at the um, you know, the collapse of the shipbuilding industry in Glasgow. Yeah, and that is a thing that's, that's Thatcher, the English, right? Now the thing is. Yeah, it was Thatcher, yeah. It was also Korean shipyards and Japanese shipbuilding and German shipbuilding. Yes. And uh, and the price of steel from other parts of the world. And um, one of the arguments about British economic decline post-war that doesn't... One of the arguments about British economic decline post-war that doesn't make sense is one that doesn't include the rest of the world catching up with you. It, 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 you can't be the top dog forever if... The lesson you've shown the whole world is to industrialise, and they industrialise. You can't complain when they catch up with you and undercut you. It's daft, right? Which isn't to say that what the Thatcher government did with the shipworks in in Glasgow was right, but things change and things changed. But she also did it, or the English, if that's how you want to characterise it, to shipyards all over the United Kingdom. And coal mines. And and coal mines and steelworks. And it happened across the whole of the UK. It wasn't done to the Scots and it wasn't done to the Welsh. So 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 in Scotland you've got you've got all that. But you know Scotland very well and you know so much of it is like it's basically, like... It's neighbours. It's neighbours. It's banter. It's neighbor. a lot of it. Yeah, four-fifths of it is banter. So so we had that in Scotland. And also, the other thing in Scotland is everyone in Scotland has an opinion about the English, right? I think, in yeah. my generalised experience, right? Everyone in England doesn't have an opinion about the Scottish, <laughs> right? That's my generalised experience. And Billy Connolly's talked about that. Yeah. He very famously went on about, you know, they're not thinking about you. The, the English, they're not thinking about you. They're not lying awake at night going, oh,
0: you fucking... <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> whatever, right? Well, what I always have to remind people, like, when it comes to football, is that England-Scotland is a great rivalry. Yeah. And it's, in, it's exciting. We would all want to play each other every summer. in some yeah, sort yeah. of yeah. Nations. But for England fans, like, Germany and Argentina are, like, far more febrile relationships. yeah. Equally, for Germany and Argentina, they don't give a shit about us. They're thinking about Spain well, and well, Portugal me and to the, which, Holland, right? Which, so all these things are kind of... We're the minnow in that relationship. Well, which brings
1: me to the to, to the to to Germany. Yeah. So, so we go to Germany. Henning and I go but to Germany. But I just Germany.
0: wonder, just on Scotland and Wales yeah. and, and Ireland, how much of it is also about class, whether it's, it's the English ruling class they don't like yeah, yeah. and not the English in general? No, it's the English ruling
1: class, and so the English
0: in general will cop it as well. I think. OK. If you, because but you, there's no sort of Marxist class narrative that actually we're all working classes together and, the, you know, the worker in Clyde well, you, I think there, more in common I, with I the I worker there, in Newcastle.
1: I think there would have been, but, you know, nationalism nationalism is back on the agenda and so that idea of, of a class consciousness is fading. It's also all very well, me as a posh English bloke, going, going you, you really understand, it wasn't me. It wasn't <laughs> yeah, yeah. me that did these ghastly things to you. But anyway, it so it's was... my father. <laughs> exactly, my father's chumps. <laughs> Who he was at Oxford with? No, so the the point is, is when we go to Germany. I mean, you've touched on this. When I went to Germany with Henning Vane, no one is no one is thinking about the English. They They don't give a flying fuck. In general, they like us. They're disappointed about the Brexit thing, but you must. If that's the decision you have made, you must do what you must do, right? And so, being English in Germany is like being Scots in England.
0: They really like (laughs) us, and what's really odd is they. The, the rivalry is so one-sided that yeah. German footballers don't care about England we're just not yeah. on the scene yeah no no it's just, pathetic. we're not on their radar ironically and going but. to be <laughs> <laughs> going to Berlin. I mean, not that I would ever have thought anything otherwise, but they're really fond of the English, and they kind of—I yep. think they have—I uh, think they view us in quite a sort of comical way. They kind of were quite a small little. There's almost a nostalgia well, about. The th-
1: it, I have English. I have a couple of really really good German friends, and uh, uh, and one of them through Second World War history so, uh, 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 he's actually a First World War historian, but you know he he he's an encyclopedic guy, and we're really good pals, and <laughs> he. He's really funny about it because he goes, I love, I, love, I, love, I love the British. And he always says British. He never says the English. He says, I love the British. You know you, you, you know, you saved us in our hour of need. When we really needed rescuing from ourselves, mm. you saved us. And you're kind of like going, yeah, it's absolutely right. You, you feel the Boris Johnson rosy, You're absolutely, absolutely bloody right. We did, lucky, lucky princes. Right? <laughs> uh, but the thing is, that's for them to say. Yes, that's right. It's what this, ball bo- what this whole thing boils down to about the Second World War. That's for them to say. It is not for us to say because I didn't fucking do it, right? <laughs> uh, my grandfather was involved. Yeah, my granddad was involved. But yeah. I, I didn't do it. And 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 everywhere we went in these countries, I'd say, look, it was an awfully long time ago, old boy, and it definitely wasn't <laughs> me, right? In Ireland, you know, when you when you're at the scene of the drughead. Um, a siege, you know, an appalling massacre by Oliver yeah. Cromwell. It wasn't me, old boy. And then you go to Scotland. I didn't kill William Wallace. <laughs> and you go to Wales, going, I didn't shut your mind, I dear didn't boy. Flood your it's exactly, or whatever it is. Right? Or, or in France, even you know, it wasn't me at Agincourt, old chap. Right? But in Germany, you, it wasn't me. It wasn't me that won that war. And yeah. and so for for us to be fixated on it, I think. And I love the sound of Spitfires as much as the next man. Yeah. Let's get out of the way. But but but. <laughs> You know, but not in a like kind of weird. Like I don't cry when I hear him. I'm like bollocks. But the thing <laughs> is, but the thing, but the thing is, is if if that's going to apply, if I'm going to apply that rule in in Scotland to yeah. William Wallace's sword, at some point you it's got it. you've got to apply it everywhere else.
0: I think it is weird to be too rum I mean, equally, I do envy the other parts of the UK for their identity and yeah, their but, people's history and the way that. But England that's is so
1: like. much to do with the fact that the English never had to worry about who they were because. They were top dog. It's a, I think it's as simple as... A, I used to have a gag about it, you know. I used to do a thing of Irish folk music and Welsh music. Sort of Scots, folks, Scots folk music, which was all about... They came here, they kicked the shit out of us. They took our land, right? And they go, we haven't got any folk music because we were too busy <laughs> kicking the shit out of you and taking your land, right? And the problem is that's true.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, the thing is, though, in Ireland, though, in Ireland... It, Ireland was the Ireland was the hardest one to be funny about, right? Yeah. And Maxwell was really brilliant, and he's, he's he's so good, and he knows everything about all of it, and he's encyclopedic, yeah. and also because he's a Methodist, he kind of sits outside some of it, which is re- which was yeah. really interesting and really sort of and a perspective I. Not considered, right? Yes. Uh, not considered even existing. I didn't know there were any Irish Methodists, right? And 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 he's married to a Muslim, so he he occupies this this you know this detached space. Can we use is... the word occupy loosely, of course we do. No <laughs> <laughs> pass around, and um, uh, and and the thing is 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 that the, the truism about the Irish um, know too much of their history, right? And the English don't know theirs at all. That's really good. Is the 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 thing about that? is part 2 of that. I'm not sure about part 1 of that because something's happening we um, as we discovered in the program something very something's happening in Ireland really fast Massively. and um, it's it's like since the queen went and since um England played at Croke Park and they played the national anthem which is in our program we talk about that that they've kind of they've kind of it looks like they've kind of parked the, the British, the English, whatever, yeah. and now they're getting on with sorting out the Catholic Church, yeah. and and it's it's their relationship with it. So so it kind of feels like things have moved on. But the, but the English people do not know enough Irish history. They don't know Crook Park. Yeah. You see, the thing is, is the, the the famine is horrendous. But you can sort of, you can kind of, if you want, contextualize it within Victorian. Uh, politics and within Victorian agriculture and all those things yep. you can it, it it's a
0: it's
1: a I'll, I'd rather not do that I can see why people still think well that was a, that was a terrible the worst thing that ever happened to our country I can yes. still see that right but Croke Park people don't know about this you know during the during the 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 after the after after 1916 after the Easter Uprising which then the British handled extremely badly because mm-hmm. those revolutionaries weren't particularly popular in Ireland and the, but by executing and making martyrs of them the British Amplified the problem massively. Yeah. Then you get the 1920. You get the you get this thing where you know there's a, a British civil service in Dublin trying to track down the IRA, trying to crank down on De Valera's men and Michael Collins' men. Um, Collins has a load of a load of guys murdered one morning on a, a Sunday morning. So it's one of the bloody Sundays in Irish history. Yeah. And that afternoon, the British um, forces and uh, some debate as to whether the Black and Tans or auxiliaries and people who know know what those words mean know what that means they were they drove into uh, Croke Park where there was a Gaelic football match coming on and they machine gunned the crowd now if you don't know about that right then you can maybe look at some of what's happened in the nearly 100 years since and not understand any of it yeah. but if you do know about that fuck me you can <laughs> you can see what a lot of the you know what, what what's been what's colored the relationship between our two countries of course and the, and and so we talk about that but the thing is i mean the the impression i got um or the or the you know the the historical overview you get looking at irish history is what happens is when there's a power struggle in england it's always finally settled the fighting carries on in in ireland yeah. so you have Cromwell chases what's left of the um, royalist forces, which combine with Catholic forces, chases them around Ireland, and then puts Ireland down and punishes Ireland for being Catholic as well as for supporting the the royalists. Right. So that happens in the Engli- at the end of the English Civil War, which we don't call it that anymore. We call it the War of the Three Kings or the English Revolution. We do anyway. The labels. Right. And then what happens is you get 1688, the Glorious Revolution, which if you if you sat Jacob, Rees-Mogg down would tell you it was this brilliant bloodless moment where Parliament finally took control over an overmighty king, you know, blah blah blah, and the established Bill of Rights and a settled liberal state that puts in motion constitutional government. Really? I mean, two years later, of the Battle of the Boyne, where you know, where William of Orange puts down what's left of James's forces, and the power struggle in England is settled in Ireland yes. again, right? Now, Arguably, Brexit is a power struggle. We I mean. knew this was coming. Well, well, because of course it's a power struggle in England, and it's yeah. going to be settled on the Irish border That's again. Right. Now, if you're Irish, you might just think, for fuck's sake, <laughs> when is this going to? For sake. Fe... Oh, yes, no, that makes it you we know, can say facts. <laughs> for fuck's sake, when is this going to stop? <laughs> when will this ever end? Because after all, you know, a big part of what happened—the reaction to Home Rule—was Winston Churchill's father stirring up. You know, it's the Conservative and Unionist Party Absolutely. because because. Late, late Victorian Tories were stirring up what was going on in Northern Ireland in order to create parliamentary majorities, in order to shore up support across across the UK. And the thing if you so like if you're Irish and you've a view of history and like I said at the start, of this, you know, the Irish know an awful lot about the history. You might have a view, which is, fucking hell, here we fucking go again. <laughs> when will this ever end? And that, that, that's, that's, that's how you have to look at what Leo Varadkar says. That's how you have to look at the Irish government's reaction. That's why you have to look at them then going, them going well, we actually, we've got these 26 other countries on our side, and we're going to
0: use that. Because
1: yeah. why wouldn't they,
0: after 800 years of this stuff? History is something you're obviously passionate about and have a huge knowledge of. Well, no, but I mean, it's great and it's important. And whenever I talk to you, I realise how little, I, and I'm into history, but yeah. relatively, I, I feel very ignorant when I talk to you, particularly in military history. <laughs> in terms of, you know, it's, it's the old. It's quite a left wing argument, actually. Yeah. Is that, you know, if, if people were better educated, they'd make better decisions. In terms of, you know, if you were an educationist and you had any influence over the British government, and obviously as a member of the global elite, you do. <laughs> um, what things do you think, in terms of creating a better world? Ugh. What things do you think should be on uh, the curriculum? The empire, marijuana, <laughs> <laughs> free love, man. Yeah, but the empire should be on there. I mean, I think that's something that British kids should learn about. You shouldn't have to go away and find that out for yourself. Well,
1: the, but but the thing is, is um, I have a, You know, I have a daughter doing O level, but not O level history. Oh my god! There I was going to say GCSE history, and they're doing they're doing American history. Um, so she's dodged that bullet almost entirely. I yeah. mean, the thing is, is and my elder daughter, she did history. She was really into it, but it seemed to be um, Normans, Henry the Eighth, Nazis. Yes, that was exactly what mine and, was. And the and the interesting thing about Normans, Henry the Eighth, Nazis is that they go up to thirty nine, and then the Second World War happens. So they don't. They, There's
0: they, they, about they, what they don't know who won. There's no legacy. <laughs> but also, the, the, I think we only did the Industrial Revolution at. A level or something like that. Yeah. So even like the birth of the Labour Party and the Chartists and yeah. you know people's movements and things like Peterloo. To be yeah, fair, yeah. you kind of had to choose to want to study. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And but that felt but, wrong but, to me even then. But um, for everything you
1: study, you have got to leave something out. There's yeah. only so many things you can look at, and so um, because the, there was a big when the Peterloo thing happened. Greg Jenner, the TV historian guy who does, um, he does he's the advisor on horrible histories. He was, you know, when when Ken Loach, not Ken Loach. Uh, Mike Lee said uh, Pete Lu should be on the history curriculum. It is, right? yeah. it is. Yes, but it, more people should know about it. Well, maybe they weren't paying attention, you know, <laughs> yeah. because because and and of course history is only ever political. And what Mike Lee means is that people should know about Pete Lu so that they distrust the ruling classes. Yeah, uh, and, and he's right, <laughs> but but it's not. It doesn't stand alone in the, in in, a, in, the, in an entire narrative. I mean, after all. I was taught about the Industrial Revolution, but I, it, I was never told about its about its um, hist, its um, foreign policy context, right? So you're told about the Industrial Revolution, but you're not told why suddenly everyone needs a cotton shirt in India. Yeah, right? yeah. You're not, you, you know, you're selling it to there, and you're not told that, um, you know, after the Napoleonic War when there was a debt crash, you know, or the, because there was the, when when um, uh, Napoleon did his big comeback. There was a sudden, there was a stock market surge and all this sort of thing, and then a hard crash at the end of that war. And so you see the government spending money on canals and infrastructure because they've got to try and they understand by this point that you know their spending gets things going because they've spent. Twenty years buying pistols in Birmingham, basically, and created an industrial revolution, right? And and I was taught about the industrial revolution without the Napoleonic Wars in it at all.
0: That was left out of the Olympic opening ceremony as well, wasn't it? Absolutely, disgracefully. <laughs> <isn't> it? <laughs> but you look Kenneth Branagh I mean, was I mean, not very interesting. I mean, the, I would say, you know, if people are interested in this, they
1: need to. They, the the guy you need to be reading right now is this bloke, David Edgerton, who's an economic historian, who's just written a, a history of. It's called. Um, the uh, history the, of the modern British the state, the rise and fall of the modern British state. I
0: bought it on your yeah, recommendation.
1: It's fantastic, and he talks about um, he talks about the warfare state, not the welfare state. He says if we're going to look at the UK the way you would at Germany, and not do it from like a party political consensus politics, you know, ding dong, uh, oppositional point of view, you've got to look at. Well, let's look at militarism in British society actually, because everyone insists on looking at Germany. Um, and, and it's always Prussian militarism. It's always cast like that. Well, let's look at let's look at British militarism, in Germany, and look at look at the sheer size of spending on the Royal Navy, yes. and the sheer size of the Royal Navy as a as an as an elite within British society. Long before you even get into the army, because the army's always been the army's always been small and expanded and contracted according to need until the end of the Second World War. The navy was gigantic and a gigantic institution and you know i can't remember what the statistic is but during the napoleonic wars the the, the proportion of the uk economy that was geared to building battleships because the british have always the british have always done things technocratically in in military terms they don't have big armies they just have the gear they have the fucking best gear (laughs) and use the best gear to win is what they've always done right and so he makes a point we've got to look at you've got to look at all like that you can't you can't just look at it in terms of the Attlee government was great because it brought in the welfare state. Because he argues, well, they actually also continued conscription, absolutely, um, which was like a European thing to do, and we'd never done that before in, in the UK. And he also, and, and a lot of the welfare ideas and house building and all that sort of stuff was the Chamberlain government, and he was carrying on some of that. Which is and that's and like
0: the NHS was the beverage Report, and you know.
1: well, and also there weren't no hospitals. Yes. Before nineteen forty seven.
0: It's about free at the point of use.
1: It was about free at the point of use and gathering in all of these all of these pre existing things, you know, that a lot of working class people paid their own stamp to and were, were mutuals and all those sort of things, all gathered together under the state. So so he says you've got to look at these. If you look at these things in the way you've been told them by party politicians, you're never going to get
0: your answers. There's a way you talk about, particularly military stuff. Yeah, you love history, but when you talk about military of your eyes, really sort of. Well, there I, was, I was brought up on it, and, it, and but it, would you have
1: wanted to be in the military? At all? Oh God, no, no, because I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm. Lazy,
0: <laughs> but they'd have found it. you'd have been officer class wouldn't you, you could no, have, just I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have sat there eating have, roast beef the all day,
1: day. Day two, I'd have of, of, of training, I'm, like, I'm not running on that fucking hill. That'd be daft.
0: But you like, I mean, you must have because you've got. I a... did
1: toy, I did toy with the idea when I was a lad, but but I also I had asthma when I was 15, when I was when I was a teenager, and I, so I wouldn't useless. I, I wouldn't have got in. Not that I wanted. Not that I wanted to do it. I, I definitely. I knew I was never cut out to be a soldier. Definitely.
0: But there's this kind of fantasy there, isn't there? A bit or a respect
1: of it rather than Well, kind of a respect like it, of it but also a respect of it but also yeah but also a kind of um a sort of get some of it and 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 by that if you understand the thing a bit soldiers love being soldiers that's the thing everyone
0: yes
1: doesn't realize yeah, yeah. they're really into it they think it's a they laugh. they love it I... they love it and if there's a and if there's a war on even better they love it even more so and that I don't know. I don't know that I'd. Um,
0: one of my <laughs> best mates. On <laughs> one of my best mates growing up joined the army for the and, and loved it. Served in yeah. Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah. Was really proud of it. Loved it. Yeah. Wanted to do it. Always wanted to do it. Mm. Uh, and I knew lads at school that did it. And this sort of.
1: But they're exactly the sort of people who should be allowed to join the army, Matt. That's the really army it. should be full of people who don't want to fight, right? And then when the war comes, they'll down their
0: weapons. I mean, one of my mates, and I, I won't name him because I'm one about. He was one of my best mates when I was growing up. Was one of the most intelligent people I've met. Mm. Really intelligent yeah. bloke, but really wanted to be in the army. And he's exactly the sort of soldier that Britain needs. Yeah. Who would be out there being able to engage with communities that they were Flattening. involved in.
1: Yeah. Flattening, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Just t- telling them very politely what was about to happen.
1: <laughs> now, do you remember that advert with it was like, take your dark glasses off? Do you remember that advert? It was an, advert, an army recruitment advert. And basically, it's like a scene at a well... Right, yeah. and I remember some... the ch- ch-
0: be the best. Ba- all yeah, that yeah, yeah. If you're thinking. How do we get across? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Was it those songs? Was it that? Was it it's one that? of those?
1: It's, no, it was in that clutch. And one of them was basically: there's a guy yelling and shouting, and it's like, take your dark glasses off, make eye contact, and everything will be alright. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> god yeah. Right, yeah. Look at those
0: beautiful blue eyes. Well, what
1: went wrong? I took my dark glasses off. <laughs> all right, flatten
0: it. <laughs> um, in terms of the landlord character now, because mm. you tour it like every other year or whatever, or yeah. whatever your schedule is, yeah. Um, I suppose Brexit continues. I mean, wh- one of the great things about going to your gigs is people come to have the piss taken out. Yes, and they really love it, and they are and really you're the into best it, at it. And that's one of the great thrills of it is that there is something sort of political in that, isn't there? Is that one of the other things of the era we're living in is that people are. Ready to be offended, yeah. And we live in a culture where people want to film a comedian yeah. being nasty. Yeah. What I love about not just you, but your audiences, whatever they are politically left or right or whatever, they want to sit at the front. Yeah. They want to be called fat and bold and old and everything, and they love it. Well, it's they re- want you to flirt with their wife or their daughter. You, you know, see, they, you're right, and I and
1: I don't I don't know why they're like that, but is I'm really I'm really lucky in that in, in that they will play along, and I think. I, it's really interesting because um, I've been watching um, those uh, Dean Martin roasts. Oh right, crikey! Um, where you know it, 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 it you know it's, they have a whole it's really odd format. So they're all sat along a table, like a like a long table, like at the top like a on a stage, like a banqueting table. Yeah. You know, Bob Hope. Bob Newhart, whoever, a bloke's called Bob, um, and there's always like a hockey player who's, who's got to do it. He gets up and goes, "I have always been a fan of yours," and he reads out he reads out the joke <laughs> really badly, stilted. really stilted, bad delivery, the joke. <laughs> Ever since I hit you in the face with a puck, we have been close friends, right, or whatever, right? And uh, and but the thing that's interesting about that, and there's a really good one, which is Ronald Reagan, where they Ronald Reagan is the man of the hour, and they roast him, right? And and he takes it all, right. It's
0: pre-presidency.
1: The, pre-presidency, when he's governor, when he's governor, of, or he's just after he's been governor. I can't remember, yeah. I don't know if, anyway. And one of them gets up and goes, uh, I, I did not vote for you, uh, Mr. Reagan, <laughs> or whoever it is. I, I couldn't vote for you. You know, our politics do not, do not. I don't know why I'm doing Southern. <laughs> our politics uh, do not coincide. And he goes, and your predecessor, predecessor, much better governor than you. We had no earthquakes when he was governor. <laughs> but, and, it,
0: and it's just like...
1: It's just, Brilliant. And, the, and the, the interesting thing about it is they're all there to play. Yes. They're all there to play, and the thing that, the thing because Dennis Norden was talking about. There was stuff after he died. There was stuff with Dennis Norden talking about this. He said a lot of the fun has been taken out of comedy. Yeah, I think he said true. that people aren't there to play anymore. They're there to. They're there. They're there to sort of fight or be offended or whatever. And and I think all this talk about safe spaces th- that goes on. Theaters should be you and your audience. It that should be a safe space. You've all come to play together. Yeah. You all—we talked about rules earlier. on. You know, we all know the rules, and you know th- this idea that you come, you go to a show to be offended. You know, Frankie Boyle's had people go, go to Frankie Boyle shows, <laughs> and then afterwards say,
0: "Go to the Sun and say they were terribly offended." Well, what
1: the fuck well, were you? What the fuck were you doing? But equally,
0: then? only offended at the bit that affected them. They were happy to oh, sit no, but I've, jokes. I've had a because yeah,
1: because I did a. Um, there's a club in um, uh, in uh, Twickenham, uh, or St Margaret's, the Bearcat, and I go oh, and play yeah. there occasionally, and they let, me, they let me muck about that. And I had an email from a bloke going, I've always loved the way you take the piss out of the front row, and then I was in the front row of one of your shows, and I'm a bit overweight, and you called me fat, and I, and, and it was horrible. <laughs> yeah. And you're like... Okay, fine, fine. You know, and uh, and, uh, and I now regret. Uh, and he didn't then say, and I now regret ever laughing at the stuff you did to people in the front. It was just like, why would you pick on me? And it's like, well, I, we can um, un- we can, I can
0: unpack this for you if you want, but you, read it back. You, you idiot. I think it's everyone's. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's different. I mean, I've put on a bit of weight at the moment. My mates take the Mickey at me for it. If anyone else did, but He's... then, but then, but then, that's different. But then I, I yeah, but I think line. with a comic that you know, with audiences
1: with comics that they know, it is, it is. You are laughing with your friends. I mean, it's equally, about it's about that laughter of trust and friendship, and you're playing. Yeah. You're there to play together and, and rough and tumble together, and that's the that's that's what I think. That's why comics want to get one of the reasons comics want to get well known is it makes it that rather than you know rather than club gigs where you do have to go on and you have to you have to you have to street fight your way to the laughs yes. or 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 you know club gigs are difficult because you have to someone else has been on they did a good job you have to come on and go no reset we're resetting to the way i see the world right now yeah. complete change reboot start again forget everything he he or she's just said we're doing it my way now and that's really difficult yes, it is. and so that and that's why comedy gets what why comics can be Punchy in those situations, and when you're doing it to your own audience, you don't have to be. And, you, and audiences are similarly punchy or not.
0: And equally, we're not talking about like Jim Davidson, Roy Chubby Brown, or, no. or Manning, where people are doing jokes that are genuinely racist yeah. and offensive, which would not be okay. Yeah,
1: but not offensive to their audience. No. You see, because this is this after all is you know offense. Offense is the interesting thing, isn't it? it, 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 it it's hard difficult to be objective about isn't it in the end i mean my my eldest daughter she goes i said you know i said you know come on you, you take offence don't you? You, you it's an active position she goes no 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 you old people with your and because she's 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 kind of 19 and not woke but but across all that and she's like you know that that's an old fashioned way of looking at it offence exists um offensive views are are aren't, aren't um subjective they're objective all that sort of thing and that's I th- that's really interesting yeah. because that all that can also lead to that will have an impact. Disaster. Absolutely. Yeah. But 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 like like I say, Manning's audience didn't find him offensive. They they thought he was being cheeky,
0: yeah.
1: didn't they? Or or transgressive in a way they approved of. Which after all doesn't mean he wasn't being transgressive at all. I mean that you know, if if Frankie Boyle did um, Michael McIntyre's set, that would offend his audience, <laughs> right? And if and if Michael did Frankie's set, that would offend his audience. That would be offensive. But 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 that's you know if suddenly if suddenly Michael McIntyre was doing Chomsky and foreign policy stuff, yeah. his audience would be offended. <laughs> and vice versa. But you know you know what I mean
0: because because it's about the thing. Laughter is a shared thing, a friendship thing. So do you worry because there are wider concerns about freedom, of speech, and comedy and offence? Yeah. Will it affect you, or do you think you've got yourself to a point now where people know what they're getting? They 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 come with a certain element of glee.
1: I think yeah, I think you. I think yeah, you're right. I, I, um, but you never know. You, you kind of never know what's around the corner. I mean, we we did a, we did a thing on a sketch show ten years ago, of this gay Nazi character. Yeah, that I got into. I got into real trouble for, and where he was super camp, and he was doing, he was doing, just um, uh, to Hitler's face that Hitler didn't understand. Right. Yeah. And the joke there was basically Hitler is such a fucking idiot he can't even see this in front of him. Yes. Now I understand why people didn't like it. I get it. I understand. I understand the political reasons why they didn't like it. I understand all that. But that what we knew all that. That wasn't why we would. The, the joke. The joke was supposed to be making a fool of Hitler. Yes. Right. And have and kind of having fun doing it. Now, and I understand why people didn't like it. So, now my, that show didn't come back. I don't think it didn't come back because of that. <laughs> but I, I, when I saw that when I was actually involved in that that kind of argument, that debate, i understood i understood that actually we had probably not gone too far but but got it wrong, right and I always think if you get it wrong rather than going um I'm not getting this wrong, you go sorry, yeah, we got that wrong yeah. right and you you probably don't you probably don't do it again. It's as simple as that, and i don't but I don't know that that's a free speech question, I think. It's a question of taste, and an awful lot of things yeah. that are pushed forward as free speech questions are questions of taste. Because, yes. after all, saying you're offended is an active position. Saying you're uh, you don't find that funny is a passive position, and no one likes to be passive. They'd rather say, "I'm offended by that," rather than oh, "I didn't find that funny." But
0: then, as a comedian, I'd rather and offend also, people than them not fi- than them not find it funny.
1: Well, but well, there you are. You see, because that's and
0: I'm, but because, I'm not an because, offensive person because, that, because you, you'd rather not,
1: be you'd rather be active than passive. But equally being told you're not funny is the worst thing. No, it's not. Oh it is. It's not, Matt. Oh it is, mate. No, it isn't. What is the worst thing? Um uh...
0: What's worse than that for a comedian?
1: Oh, being told
0: you're not getting hired. Oh Christ. yeah, you're sacked. Yeah, that's worse. <laughs> that's
1: worse. Because you know, there's plenty of clubs where they you know, they the audience are laughing, so the booker hires you even if he thinks even if he doesn't like you or yeah. she doesn't like you. That's possible. That's an outcome, Matt. You must know that.
0: I, I do indeed, and you have been hired. You've been hired by the History Channel. Uh, yes. And why does everyone hate the English? Why from... does
1: everyone hate the English? You've got to do it like that. That's the. Why does everyone hate the English? Oh, so the or, does
0: should be in italics. Or it's why does everyone hate the English? I had to do loads of readings of it. Why does everyone hate the English?
1: Which doesn't work. <laughs>
0: why does everyone hate the English? That's the actual title of the show. Do the English hate the English? That would have that, that should have been episode six. Well, maybe we'll get around to that. Maybe we'll get around to that.
1: I mean, there's a certain kind of English that hates the English because they're trying to second guess every, what everyone else thinks of them. I think. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, it's Emily Thornbury with that,
0: that that the flag, the flag. You know, I flew the flag. I always fly the flag during football tournaments. Of England are there? Yeah. I used to make a massive. I made a massive one out of my mum's white double bed sheet with red gloss roller. For France '98 and hung it on the front of their house.
1: The more stuff I hear about your mom, the more I love her.
0: <laughs> Careful, you know. Don't want you to love her too much. No, no, I, I, get, I couldn't. I couldn't get do, awkward. I couldn't do that. Don't we'll start calling your daddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, when well, we, we were filming in Germany while Germany was crapping out during the World Cup, that yeah. was pretty funny. Oh, but that was great fun. Yeah, especially for an English. And we were in a Turkish. We were in a Turkish. Um, like a uh, restaurant every night we were filming there and of course there was the co- controversy about Ozil and all that um, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah 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 with the yeah, other one yeah yeah and Henning and Henning being I'm not happy about this situation <laughs> oh mate anyway. it looks
0: it looks fantastic I've already Thank watched you. the Antoine
1: de Corme on the French one it's brilliant oh, what a legend I've got a proper man crush on him
0: yeah, I mean he is fit. He's a blade. He's re- and he's like he's sexy in every way. He oh, looks yeah. cool, but he really uses his face well. and He oh, dresses well. Yeah. His hair looks great. He mm. looks better now than he did then. Yeah, he's a
1: megastar, and he's a megastar in France. Everywhere we went, Antoine. Everywhere, Everywhere we went, <laughs> Antoine. Everywhere, megastar, actor, film director, a lot. Al, it's been a pleasure. Likewise, having you on. I do piece like of talking to you. I mean, we're gonna. I'm gonna get all these people going. You said this now. I love
0: it because lots of people listen to your sh- podcast, don't they? They do. Yeah, thankfully. Yeah, great. But the reasonable people, <laughs> on the whole, I mean you're, that is such an invitation to be uh, If you're if you're sat at home now wanting to do it, it's at Al Murray on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Unload on the back. I mean,
1: they're all. I'm going to have loads of people um, um, when we get to the Scottish episode on my Twitter feed.
0: It's good fun, though, isn't it? You did it with Fred McCauley. Yeah, I know.
1: I know. Who knows who knows, who
0: knows? who knows exactly how it all works? You know, what, one thing. I mean, I know it's, it's like a sort of um, postscript now, but one thing that I find really great about Scotland is there is a definite rivalry there and yep. it is as you described it for most people it is banter I think I do worry sometimes that it's sort of licensed and it does go a bit deeper and that it's kind of it's okay to say quite nasty things about the yeah. English in polite society yeah. in a way that you never ever would about another group and that's it, kind of that's of, like the well, no but for, vice you know, versa in England yeah. 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 but then we have but similarly maybe that's why other prejudices aren't as prevalent there yeah. Because that's the valve for that yeah, yeah, sort of yeah, 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 yeah. mindset. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people presume that Scottish audiences are hostile. The best gigs I will ever do on a tour: King's Theatre, Glasgow, and Edinburgh and yeah. Glasgow are two of the best places yeah. you can ever gig as a comic, yeah. and particularly if you have the guts to rip. them Oh, you them have a to come out swinging and yeah. and do a bit, but knowingly, yeah. Yeah, you know, you yeah. you you are, you are yeah. English. And even if I'm working class English, I'm still English. Yeah. But really sort of go for it. And I think audiences love it up there. They can yeah. One thing that is great about Scottish culture: is they can really laugh at themselves. Yeah, yeah It's yeah. really... They've got a really yeah. vibrant... You know, you talk about people being able to take the piss and, and yeah. wilfully having taken the piss out themselves. Glasgow is a city almost built on that yeah. principle yeah, yeah. that you should all be able to laugh at yourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's also important as well to, to recognise, that there is a great thrill as a comedian of gigging in Scotland. Uh, the, the, people it's presume the, it's hard... I think... It's the, the the stuff I do about the SNP goes better there than anywhere else. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, because no one cares about them anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, there's partly that. Also, I think <laughs> I think English comics wrongly. Oh no, presume... they go on thinking I better not do this. Yeah, I better pre- not talk about. Presuming this. that, firstly, everyone loves the SNP, yeah. or even that everyone who votes for it would be offended, or yeah. even that. What is really something that has really struck me in the last few years: a number of SNP politicians, Pete Wishart, yeah, and Angus Robertson, always say to me, "Get stuck into us more." We feel left out. Yeah. Give us a bit, and it's a really—I think it's a really good sign of a strong, vibrant culture yeah, 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 when yeah, people yeah. want to have the Mickey taken yeah. out of them. Yeah. So there you go. There's a there's a there's a good lesson in there between. Yeah. I look forward to Wings on Scotland's 20,000 <laughs> 20, words about that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Al, it's been a pleasure as ever. There you go, Al Murray, and what a treat to hear him away from the character. Uh, and to really um, get into him as a a person and as a political activist, I suppose. I mean, standing in South Thanet um, was done as as a bit of a joke, but there was also a point to it. He has stood for Parliament, uh, I suppose, technically as a politician, which was a a proposition I wish I'd have put to him now. But as with all my guests, I'm sure many of them will be back in the future and we can have that discussion again. You can see Al Murray, Why Does Everyone Hate the English, Uh, every Monday from the 8th of October at 9pm. And of course, don't forget to email the podcast, politicalpartypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for all your lo- lovely emails. Please hit subscribe. Tell as many people as possible as you can about it. And um, leave a review on iTunes if you can. But also, email any sort of reflections on this interview, anything that it that it sparks, guest suggestions. If you want to put me in touch with people that you think would be good on it, anything at all that occurs to you while listening to this, do get in touch and share it. I'll see you next week. And this episode of the Political Party podcast was produced by Daisy Knight.